It's time to experience the Synergy Connection Show with your host, Lucy Forsting. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Synergy Connection Show, where we connect the dots between the spiritual, the emotional, the physical, and the mental uh, part of ourselves. And in 2020, uh, now that we're in, you know, the first part, the first quarter of 2021, but in 2020, I think all of us learned the importance of being physically healthy. So that part of it, you know, was incredibly uh, powerful. And we learned that we might have pre-existing conditions. We might not be as healthy as we thought we were. So if you go to my website, which is www.synergyconnectionradio.com, you're going to see a link to Boomers Forever Young. And uh, they're one of the sponsors of the show and they have health and wellness products that can help you be at your peak performance. They are world-class products, I use them. But one in particular that I share with people um, is the Gladiator Barley. And the Gladiator Barley actually removes toxins out of your system, which is incredibly important right now because inflammation levels are high with most individuals. And if you can get the inflammation down, then you have a much better chance of staying healthy. You want that level to be a one or less. And the last time I had mine checked, it was a 0.3. And that's the reason I use the Gladiator Barley is that it will do that for you. It also allows you to um, keep muscle tone. And after the age of 40, we lose male and female um, about uh, 10% per year. And uh, so, you know, we're gonna lose a lot of muscle tone unless we do something, you know, to build that back in place. So it builds muscles, it removes toxins, it reduces inflammation, and you can get it from boomers. It is gluten-free. A lot of people think, you know, barley, it's gluten-free because it's a sprout when they harvest it in Canada. So check that out, um, you know, go to their link, look around their website, look at their other products. If you decide you want to order something, use my name, L-U-C-Y, in the promo code, and you're going to get $5 off each and every time. So that's not too bad. And it can certainly give you the peak performance that you're looking for throughout every day. And for that matter, throughout every evening, some of us work evenings and some of us have an active love life. So um, that will help along with both of those things. I have as my returning guest, Lynn Cochran Murphy. And uh, Lynn describes herself as a healer and a teacher for deep lasting change. She does work with relax or excuse me, releasing the past, removing limiting beliefs, and helping a person to heal both emotionally and physically. Um, she does online classes, so you can certainly find her and be able to sign up for some of those uh, in Theta Healing. And that's what we're gonna be talking about today is Theta Healing, what is it? How does it work? Um, is it something that would benefit everyone? And I will tell you that I have used it personally with a friend of mine who is a, a wonderful Theta healer here in the Florida area. So Lynn, welcome back again. Thanks so much for having me, Lucy. I'm so glad to be here. We're glad to have you here as well. So can you maybe uh, begin by giving an overview of what Theta healing actually is? 
<clears throat> Once we get trained in it, we have the ability to always move to the theta brainwave state. So most of the time we're in alpha during the day. Delta is a um, sleep state. Theta is a sleep state also. But that's the, the cool thing about this is when we consciously move into the theta state, we do it while we're awake also. And then you remain in control or conscious control. I also equate it to just feeling like a higher state of consciousness. It's a very connected state. And depending on how deeply you go in to it, the greater the access you have to whatever it is you call God, so source, all that is, the universe. And from there, there's a great deal of wisdom and awareness with accuracy that's available. It's a, it becomes kind of a practice when I teach people how to do it. The first couple of times, it's, it's a little hard for them. But just with training and practice, then it becomes a natural state. So as we were talking, I just switched from being in alpha state to theta. And that's, yay, practice makes it easy. <laughs> so there's a lot of teachings that come with the theta healing, just like any modality has. And many of us were trained in Reiki in the first place. Uh -huh. And then, you know, in healing work, even when I was younger that I, I knew how to, where to put my hands on people. Mm -hmm. And I didn't um, have any training at, or maybe one class. So I went with that for a while and then I went with Reiki. And when I learned this one, I felt like, okay, now, now I'm empowered, you know, because it also opens up your chakras further. Um, it opens up your awareness. And in that theta state, you know things. <laughs> so, yeah. One of my favorite things to do for people now is a body scan. Okay. How does that work? I go over the crown. I take my consciousness, go over the crown of the person with their permission, go in and scan the body. It's like remote viewing, scan the interior of the body, and then come out. I do it rather quickly because I don't want to um, disturb their immune system and, and trigger their immune system rather quickly and come out and then tell them what I saw. Often it's symbols, sometimes it's words, sometimes it's an actual visual and ask them what they want to talk about, you know, which one is significant to them. One time I did that for, I was practicing, I was in the learning stage and I saw something here and it's like, teaches you no assumptions. So I thought, oh my gosh, you know, I wonder if she has breast cancer. And I told her, there's, there's an energy here, there's a spot here that we should talk about. And she says, oh, that's where I kicked my husband when he died. Keep him right here. I'm like, uh -huh. oh, okay, that's wonderful. All right, well, let's look at what else there is to talk about. Right. We're not gonna change that. Yeah. Mm. So, um can you do that remotely? Like if somebody was learning Theta Healing from you, can you do a remote session where you go inside? Absolutely. And um, I can do it via the telephone and just tell them 
I can do it and send them a letter or I can do it in Zoom. You can do it in person. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, so if that's something you want me to do today, I can do that. Sure. Sure, it might be fun. But, yeah, it's up to you because it can be kind of personal. So. Yeah, well, I don't think you're going to find anything, but I guess if you did, we'd just let everybody know. <laughs> I did it for a friend or a coach in California back in the winter, earlier part of the winter. And it was so interesting because the top half of her saying, yes, I love life. I love my work. Let's go. Let's do this. Let's do so much enthusiasm. Uh -huh. And the lower half of her body said, I am so tired. Oh, wow. wow. Give me a break. So she was showing this to the world mm -hmm. privately. Mm -hmm. the, the lower part of her was saying, give me a break. Get me out of here. Tired. <laughs> wow. Isn't that interesting? Okay. Um, well, is that where you would start your theta work if you were going to work with somebody? Is that if a body scan? With, good question. Um, either that or I'd ask a client, what do they want to work on? Okay. So they might come to you with a specific, That's like right. I did with my friend that is a theta healer here. I, I was very specific in what I right. needed some help with. But if you were, you know, maybe experiencing theta healing for the first time, you might do the body scan, identify some of the areas, and then go maybe go there with, uh, are they holding limiting beliefs that are keeping those areas maybe stagnant? You and I were talking before this, mm -hmm. uh, before we started recording, and it triggered me to think about how we might think I want to talk about my shoulder. Okay. And then, you know, my shoulder bothers me. And then instead of instead of saying, well, let's look at those muscles or let's look at that, you know, that joint, I might say, let's talk about all the weight that you're shouldering. All ah, the, uh, okay. the pressure. And because it's on the right side of your body, you are conscious of it. You're aware of it. So let's talk about that. And we'll go there and then we'll look for what's often useful to look for is why are you continuing to do that when it hurts you? And that's true of a lot of things in our lives. Why do we continue to, you know, um, pursue the, the guy who said, I'm, I, I don't want to get married, you know, and, and maybe a woman pursues. It's why do we not take a no? And it's about what we want and need. So mm -hmm. looking at that shoulder, I would go with, why are you shouldering it? What does that do for you? And we might even go to, what's the payoff? And we also might go to, what will happen if you let that go? Is it safe for you to let it go? Is it possible for you to let it go? And um, I use muscle testing. It's a really good way to get accurate information Okay, um, now explain that. I know what it is, but a lot of people have never had uh, any experience with kinesiology before. So I discovered it by going to chiropractors way back when, mm -hmm. and if they would like check to see if a supplement was a good supplement for my body. Mm -hmm. And they would have me put my arm out and see how strong I was. 
And then they would have me hold the supplement and see if it increased my strength or decreased my strength. Uh-huh. So that's how I learned about it. I use it to see um, what is your subconscious truth. Okay. So you put your arm out and you say, my parents treated me fairly. It's a strong yes. We get a strong no. Uh-huh. Then we know we can start with that and go from there. Also, there's a whole skill with the healing of looking for what is the most significant underlying belief. Because you might think I have to prove myself. Um, it's important to be the best teacher. I have to make a lot of money for my family. And this makes my parents proud. And you have all these things that you think. But underneath it is more of a survival type belief. Um, not enough. So I have to prove that I am. Okay. So if a person has an I'm not a, enough belief, then we use the theta healing process to extract that and replace it with things like my worth is without question. My value is inherent. And so that almost becomes like a little mantra that they can use on a regular basis to, as they think about maybe the negative is I'm not enough and replace it with the other. In our session, I replaced it for them. Uh -huh. I do that by talking to creator. Okay. And I request that the I'm not enough program be pulled. And I, I worded the specific way and replaced with, I am enough. So you're I always like a virgin. Yeah, I always have been enough. I always will be enough. And if for some reason it doesn't go, then I know we have to dig deeper. Mm -hmm. But usually, you know, you, you get the, the thread and you find that something like I'm not enough is at the bottom. You make sure that they feel okay with releasing it. It's not a threat to them. And you release it give the replacements and the replacements are called downloads and they're very intentional. And I say them out loud because I wouldn't download anything for someone without their permission. Sure. And it's all done through my connection through Theta Healing, through Theta, the Theta Brainwave State to Creator and Creator does the work and I just make the request and pay attention to what's going on and what I need to, to look yes. for or ask. Yeah. Does the person uh, experience anything either emotionally or physically during that download? Depends on the person. Some people are really aware and they do feel them. I know I feel them come in at the, at the back of my neck, the, um, I don't know, somewhere right back here, but not everybody feels them. Mm -hmm. Some do. Some feel it. And, and some say it takes a long time. Some say it's automatic. No. But what, what does happen is in if we do an hour session, mm -hmm. a person starts focused on whatever doesn't feel good and what they don't like and what they don't want. And at the end, I've had people say, you know, what was the problem I came in with today? What? Because they don't remember. Because it's, it's so removed from their energy field, from their body, their aura, their mind, that in, in a whole different place doesn't happen for everybody but i've seen it happen it's kind of fun that would be a tremendous thing to happen for an awful lot of people um yeah. you know because they may have been carrying you know this 
pain someplace in their body, you know, for years and years and years and not realize, you know, that they've been carrying it. So then the decision I would think on some level is, am I willing to let that go? Because that's been part of their identity. Yes. Yeah, it's a very good point. So sometimes um, it, I will ask them to muscle test and say for me to let this go and I'm going to, they'll get a no. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. I can muscle test for them to, because sometimes my intuition will tell me that they're, they're not being honest with themselves. Um, but anyway, so I'll ask if it's safe for them also. And if not, then why? Mm-hmm. You no, know, is it, because there are so many things attached, like, well, then I'm um, defined, I'm not being loyal to my parents, or something like that. Okay. And, you know, we want to release that too, because what, 35 years old, the parents don't really need them to be loyal to them in the same way that they needed their eight-year-old daughter to be loyal. So. Well, that's true. That's true. Although I know I still do some part-time counseling with people that know I, I was a therapist. And uh, it's amazing that when an adult child suddenly becomes responsible for themselves and maybe for their children, that the grandparent or the parent of that adult child loses their role that they've had all these years. And so it's very difficult for them to let go of you know, that position in the family. Like you need to listen to me. I no longer feel important in your life. And I've had, you know, grandparents say that because they really don't know what they are anymore. That's a really valuable thing to be able to say. Mm -hmm. I think most people, it isn't that conscious and they don't know how to present that. But when you're changing family dynamics, Mm -hmm. yeah, the rules do change. And if, for instance, with an addict, if an addict chooses to stop behaving addictively uh-huh. and walk away from the substance of the behavior, then um, the whole family doesn't have anybody to look down on or pick on or, right. you know, et cetera. Right. And so, you, you know, that person, the addict starts shining in his life and everybody's at a loss. So that's where family therapy comes in to help them right. or, or, you know, to keep working with your client until they're, okay with the fact that the family's falling apart and doesn't know how to be right and they don't know how to get healthy you know as a as a unit as opposed to even on an individual basis uh this was kind of interesting just uh, a couple of hours ago um i was over at a park for a few minutes and there was a gentleman there that uh i had seen but he introduced himself and we chatted for a few minutes and it turns out that he is the son of one of the men that I do know from the park. And this son introduced himself in so many words as the black sheep of the family. And I said, how did you get to be a black sheep? He says, oh, I don't know. He says, that's just who I am. So he has that strong identity. And I doubt very seriously whether he would ever want to give it up, you know, unless it served him in some capacity, you know, to give it up. He would have to look at it and say, you know, it's better for me to give it up and have this than to stay where I am. The whole family systems theory is fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. It helped me to understand my own family um, because I played both the um, uh, the hero in the family for a while. And then I decided to become the black sheep. And 
and uh, <laughs> hold that role for my family for a while and then step back into, I don't, I don't know if I'm even the hero now, it's a much healthier, it's, oh, it's a choice, you know? I can be down, I can be up, I can be in the middle, I can be strong, I can be weak, so right. it's okay. But it's a wonderful theory because it explains those dynamics in our family and why they don't want you to change when you're doing, that I'm doing better. Right, 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 right. Yeah. And I, I am a family therapist. That was my uh, master's was in that area. And so um, it has always been just amusing, I would say more than anything else, because uh, as uh, families would, you know, they pick the identified patient, of course, and that was the person with the problem that needed to go get fixed. But then when you started working with the whole family unit, it was so funny sometimes to see it all play out. And I would help them see the humor. And a lot of times everybody got that aha moment and then they would just all be laughing. Like, oh my gosh, we did this for so long. So very, very interesting. You could do that with humor. Yeah, I've done um, role plays, you know, family constellations and we acted out. and there was some humor in it, but I don't think the level you're talking about. So they good for you. <laughs> oh goodness! All right, so we have seven phases, right? And and the first phase of theta is the body scan. Is that correct? No. Okay. What is the first phase? When you talk about what is taught as the planes. Okay. It. The only thing I know of that it more closely associates with is, um, or corresponds to, is Hindu teachings. So the Hindus see that there are planes, and from like these like states of consciousness, very much like that. So that's for humans. That's the way to explain it. There's another level, and that's that on the first plane, it's just rocks and crystals, just. The, the basic structure of the earth. But on the second plane, you also have plants. Okay. On the third plane, you have humans. On the fourth plane, you have spirit. It's where we go in the in-between state. In the fifth plane, there are all levels and dimensions. So there are the lowest, that's where the lower astral is. Mm-hmm but also where if you wanted to contact and talk to Jesus or Buddha or Mahatma Gandhi, you would go to the fifth plane. And the sixth plane is the laws of the universe, like the law of magnetism, the law of attraction, um, the law of motion. So it's just what makes all this work. And then beyond that is the seventh plane, which is the highest and it is just light or the equivalent of light, it's just love. There are no people there, there are no things. So when you go up and through the planes into the seventh, that's where you do your theta work from, that's the theta state. And if students wanna do it, I can walk them up into that place so they can have that, that experience for a few moments. People who have meditated for a really long time or have done chanting or um, certain types of prayer for a long time mm-hmm. and move themselves, have already maybe moved themselves to that theta state and had those experiences. 
And once you're in that theta state, I imagine it's a little bit difficult to want to leave. <laughs> I know. I wrote about that in one of my last books. That in in the the response to that in the book was that but we really love being here on earth and having our experiences and our interactions and being there for each other um, or maybe being caught up in our dramas that, oh, and the other thing is our ability to create here. So if you wanna create a family, you wanna create a book, if you wanna create a relationship, you don't even have to be that conscious about it. Mm -hmm. So that's another reason we love being here. So even though, Would you say that in the fluid state in a way, you know, going from one to seven, that it, what it strikes me as is vibrational frequencies that change. And, you know, the more solid rock earth to the white light, let's say, that's at the seventh plane is the frequencies themselves. They change from density to this very ethereal kind of a situation. Is that close to correct? That's very good. Because at those lower planes, the frequency or the movement of energy is slow. Mm -hmm. In fact, that's why the earth and, and our things look solid. It's because the movement of those molecules is so slow, it doesn't seem to move. But if you could get in there close enough, you would see that they are doing their little jiggle thing. <laughs> um, when you get up into the middle and the higher planes, you'll have all kinds of experiences. Um, here on the third plane, it depends on how open a person is. If their intuition is really open and their ancestor walks into the room who is deceased, they might see them, feel them, you know, talk to them. And then there are other humans that would never have noticed that. Right, right. And then up you in the wanna, you want to maybe do an example of um, because then people that are listening oh, would sure. have that sense of, you know, this is what this would feel like, and certainly okay. probably be more um, inclined, let's say, to say, I want to learn how to do that, or I want to have her do that for me. Yeah, I would love to do that. And I want to give credit to the, the woman who created the Theta Healing System. Her name is Viana Stibble or Stibel. She's in Montana. Lovely, lovely person. And she created this and wrote the books and wrote the classes. And now she only teaches the instructors. And the rest of us teach basics. So to walk you up, I would just suggest that a person have their spine be straight. You don't even have to have your feet on the floor. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, so just the spine is straight. And we bring our attention inside to the heart. Don't have to close your eyes, but most of us do. From here, bring your attention down through your spine to your feet and ground yourself, connect yourself energetically to the center of the earth. Now bring some of that energy from the earth, scoop it up, it's God's energy, up through your feet, the base of your spine, 
and come up through your spine to the crown of your head. And then from your crown of your head, move out into the universe, this ball of light. You exist in that light, you might notice what color it is. And from here, we're gonna move up through the planes, up through the universe to the first plane and moving up above that. And you may see little dark spaces between these planes, doesn't matter. Moving up to the second plane, these are, they look like lights. Moving up to the third and just floating or swimming right on up to the fourth. We're gonna keep going up to the fifth. And the fifth is golden and beautiful, but we're gonna move beyond that. Just floating up to the sixth, it's thicker. You might see shapes and colors, couldn't go higher. So moving up, up, up. Move into the seventh plane. It is light. You might see on the way there a window that's pink. And that is the law of compassion. And it will help you open and move right on through into the seventh plane. Sometimes you see a blue light kind of pushes you in. Oh, and now ignore the blue light, just go with the pink. Yeah, that would get you there. So a window or a doorway and move into the white light. And in this space, we're no people or things. It's just consciousness, the highest consciousness. And in this space, you can feel that light move through every cell in your body. Let it just rain on down through you. Wake up and heal those cells more than ever before. You can sit in that light as long as you want. It's calm. makes you feel a little more perfect. So this is the state that you want to go through to when you want to do creative expressive writing. You can bring messages from here. If you want to, you can just go there in your meditations and be. It's the most whole and complete place that I know of. So being walked up like this, that's something that I do for my clients because I want them to experience this. The more times we do it, eventually they can do it without any help. So, you're ready. Open your eyes. Be present in the space that you're in. Interesting sensation because as I was doing it, when I got to level seven, it felt like I was walking amongst clouds, like the that it was very um, soft and um, but supportive, but it, it felt cloud-like somehow to me. Nice. I've never walked on a cloud, so <laughs> I don't know, but that's what it was kind of the sensation. 
quiet. Like you said, it sounds soft, but it also sounds comfortable. Uh -huh. Yeah, reassuring maybe would be a good word. Nice. Well, and that's that state of consciousness. It's uh -huh. always available to us. Just tap in. I would think that in, you know, where we are as a world right now with all the uncertainty and everything else that's out there, whether it's uh, physical, political, or otherwise financial, um, that that would be beneficial, you know, to be able to access, you know, that it's going to be all right. You know, relax, know that you're protected, know that you're loved. Um, it's going to be okay. So the angst that so many people are feeling, maybe it would be a wonderful way for them to manage that a little bit better. Absolutely. Because what has happened for me is I am aware there's the chaos and the anxiety here out there, but I'm aware it's out there and I don't allow it to come in here. It's not mine. Right. So I stay in that peaceful place. Right. And pray. <laughs> pray for yeah. the world. Right. But it eases um, up. I'm constantly amazed at individuals who literally are still glued to their televisions. You know, they watch news so much during the day or talk shows or something that certainly the ones that I'm aware of do not um, provide any comfort. You know, they're usually pretty embroiled in some sort of discord and, and they stay there and they like to talk about it. You know, and so every day it's the same rehashing, maybe a different person, but it's, you know, the same kind of rehashing of the mess, quote unquote, that we're in. And, um, and I'm thinking to myself when, you know, I turn it off. I mean, I don't have the television on hardly at all, but I, I'm just thinking to myself, people, if you're not happy with what you're listening to, use your clicker, you know, use your feet, go over there and turn it off. We don't have to be exposed to that. It's a choice. Mm -hmm. So with the television recently, because my husband really likes the TV. So I really like the TV. And, and then I get up and I leave the room. <laughs> um, but with, with so much of what's on, it, it brings the, our vibration down. Right. It, pulled into that right so i watch for a while because i want to i want to know what's going on like the whole thing that happened at the capitol building mm -hmm. not, not long ago I, I wanted to know that but that energy that those people had was chaotic and destructive yes and so i don't want to add to that i want to help other people anybody who wants it to shift out of that into this peace and calm that we're talking about right even a feeling of hope I don't live in hopelessness, even though what I saw happened there, or even though I know in African countries, these are, are people are still starving. So what I do is I do make my donations to charities. I do pray for people. Um, and I do my work, but I also do uh, giving within my work. And then I kind of deny the world is going to hell in a handbasket. I just like 
this is a phase we're going through. We're in a change state. Right. It's uncomfortable. Right. And it will be okay. You know, Your house um, I, I was just going to say one of the things that I think um, everybody can do. I mean, we can't go to Washington and change things. Um, at least most of us can't. You know, we're not going to be elected to public office and then, you know, start making a difference um, that way. But we can change our immediate environment, starting with our home, what, wherever it is that we live. So we can put plants inside of our home. We can, um, you know, maybe begin to doodle or, you know, find a creative outlet um, that uh, could occupy some of that time. We could write you know, journal our feelings. So they're not in us, but they're out on paper where if you want to, you can destroy them. You know, um, I had a person that I was working with not too very long ago and um, she needed to move past a situation that had happened in her childhood. And so she, you know, took the year of the child and uh, had a picture of it and, um, you know, destroyed the picture by burning it. And then we released it into the water. And, you know, it was gone. It, it was something that she, symbolically she could say, this is no longer who I am. And yet sometimes you can't do that by just using the words. You, you know, it needs to be a bigger motion than that. Absolutely. So there's so many things that we really can do to begin to change our life. But we have to take some action and not just sit and be observers. Action is the key with all of what you're talking about. And there are so many pleasant things that you can do. You can mm -hmm. take a class, you can start a journal. Yes. And you can go for a walk, mm -hmm. you can be in a forest. You can say no to your friends. Mm -hmm. Oh, I don't want to watch TV. No, I don't want to go to the bar. I don't want you to come over and I don't want you to bring any more of that substance over. Yeah. Are you familiar with the new movie that's out that, um, is called Soul. I've heard the title, I haven't seen it. Okay, so I highly am recommending it to people because it has such a beautiful little message. And um, this man's father uh, was a um, accomplished musician but had never really gotten his break. It would just always be close, but never quite there. And so he was following in his dad's footsteps who had died and um, he finally got, you know, an opportunity to maybe be noticed. So he was absolutely exuberant and he's walking down the street and there's a manhole cover that's open and he falls into it and dies. And so now he's on this little conveyor belt going towards heaven and is like, no, 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 no. You know, I, I have this opportunity now. I can't die now. And so the story, there's a little character in it. I believe she's called number 22. And she's afraid to come to earth because if she does, she doesn't feel she's good enough. She looks at all the people that are there that are conquering things. And she just doesn't think she has that ability. And so the two of them come to earth together to discover their purpose. And it is a beautiful little movie. Um, it's Pixar, but it's, it, it's not a kid's movie in most senses. It's more like for an older child maybe, um, or certainly an adult. So I, I have recommended it because so many people, you know, are beginning to ask, you know, why, why am I alive? You know, where am I going? What am I all about? What am I doing? And, you know, this might 
give them some place to kind of go with their thoughts that uh, every once in a while, what we really need to be doing is what we've always been doing. You know, it's right in front of us. We don't have to go out and find it. I always thought it was interesting to people who's like me, that my purpose is, is within my work, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I have friends whose purpose is not related to their job. Like they go do their job, they make the income. So then in their life, they have their purpose. Yes. Usually about family, things like that. But it could also be about music for people who are moving from their work world to their music work world. It doesn't, it's such a perfect fit for each individual as it is. You know, and then taking that and going deeper with it. What I'm trying to say is um, people often think that they're off path. And I don't think that that's very often the case. I think that they haven't maybe fully accepted or embraced or taken as far as they can. Mm -hmm. Usually we're kind of where we're supposed to be when we're there. Right. And don't you find that, um, you know, when you're in your teens and your twenties, you think you've got forever, you know, to, to kind of discover who you are, what you are, what you're all about. But I, I see so many of my acquaintances that are now like in their fifties, you know, sixties, and they feel like they've run out of time, you know, like, Oh, now it's too late. And I always think of Grandma Moses. I mean, she didn't start painting until she was in her middle 80s, I think. And so it's never too late. Um, Colonel Sanders, you know, did not develop Kentucky Fried Chicken until he was in his 80s. And um, he, did you know that? <laughs> I realized he was quite that old. And look yeah. at where it went. Wow. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you know, it's... I did a show um, a week ago, actually, with one of my favorite people to interview. And one of the things that he said was, you know, it's never over until the last sentence of the last paragraph with the last period. It's never over. And I, you know, I'm thinking it's never over until the fat lady sings, you know, that old expression. But um, it's true. We, our lives are what we want to make of them. And the minute you start focusing on your next doctor's appointment or the next special, you know, at the grocery store or, you know, where you're going to go eat out for dinner that has early bird specials. But when your focus becomes that instead of life, then yeah, it's, it, you, you've signed up for some limiting beliefs for sure. <laughs> Because then you're in a waiting room, <laughs> kind of. And, you know, in Florida in particular, not so much where you are, but Florida has been known for many, many years as God's waiting room. Wow, that would be tough. Yeah. <laughs> and my mother-in-law used to use that term. She moved into a um, senior living care facility. Uh-huh. Waiting room. Yeah. <laughs> I think, though, today in our 70s, you know, I'm not quite there, but it's not far away. But a lot of my friends are in their 70s. And how uh, potent they are. Mm -hmm. they can. And those that aren't, it's almost more of a choice. The only other person that isn't that my friend in her 70s that isn't doing well has had some um, strokes. Mm. So, yeah, her capacity, her fluidity of speech, her ability to walk, although she walks, 
um, isn't the same as it was. Now, let me ask you a question because I mean, obviously she's a friend. So did you do some theta work with her to see if physically some of those areas could be lifted? She went through a lot of hospitalizations. I haven't had access to her in mm. quite a while. I'm going to see her on Monday. Prior to that, I have done theta with her, but it was more in helping her cope with the loss of her husband. So it was a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see how open she is. I'm going to take her by a computer next week, so which will open her world back up a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I kind of feel like she lost a lot. Like she lost her husband and then she gave up her business. And then, you know, she's just, so I'm not sure how many ways I can support her, but I'm going to give it a shot, you know, and I, and people like that, of course, I, I don't, you know, that's, you don't charge them. She's my friend. Well, one of those things when you said she, her husband died, uh, anybody, as you well know, who has a person they love that's no longer in their life, it affects them cardiovascularly. And so her husband dies, she gave up her business, and now she's had strokes. And so there's your cardiovascular heart connection to her losses. Yeah, I think you're right on about that. Yeah, one of the techniques that we do in um, theta healing is is, um, healing the broken soul, and Mm. another one is healing the broken heart. Mm. Yeah, because it's pretty common. And it doesn't even have to be romantic broken heart because our heart can get broken in other ways too. Oh, absolutely. You know, there's so many. Loss was my specialty, you know, as a family therapist, it was. And so I, I would see the thread of loss, whether it was friendships, you know, that were deep or relationships, uh, parents, you know, brothers, sisters, spouses, businesses. I mean, there's so many different ways that loss can impact giving up the home maybe that was so special, um, you know, retiring from the job that meant everything to you. And now you're re-identifying and reinventing who you are. Huge. Yeah, it is huge. all huge. I just want to talk for a few minutes because um, we are, you know, we've got a good 15 minutes left in this, but I also want, um, along with the Theta, you just released another book. It just came out, right? What I did is I took this book Uh and I had it recorded in audio. Okay. That now is available for 99 cents. I love these prices. Or if you're a Prime member, I guess it's free. Anyway, so this is an Audible book two. Give the name of it because we're not doing the YouTube, so. Okay. A Journey with Matthew, and I know this doesn't look like Matthew, it's an ancient spelling, but that's how it's pronounced. Journey with Matthew, book one, Awakening. Mm -hmm. And I read it and I loved it. Oh, good, I'm glad. It's really, um, even though it's very spiritual and has a message and it's kind of an example of a path to to open yourself and and discover a life of purpose and meaning, Mm -hmm. it's, it's a story of two young men and their adventures at the same time. So it's, it's welded into 
something lighter. Right. And I thought part of the book that was so fascinating to me is each of the young men was on a different journey. You know, they were together, but each of them had a different focus. And, you know, the one eventually has a romantic interest that occupies all of his thinking, whereas the other one is a lot more spiritual and, and touch more with maybe that theta state, you know, as to what life really could be. So I, it was very, very interesting to me as I, I watched them approach the journeys, even though they were working side by side and walking side by side, they were definitely on their own path. So Daniel is a close friend of Matthew's, just adores Matthew and all that Matthew does in the world. He's one of those people that knows when to be where, and he just shows up at these places and, and helps people. Mm -hmm. So Daniel watches him. And in the second book, you can see that Daniel has changed. And now he has some of those gifts that Matthew has. He knows how to move into God consciousness. He knows how to, um, how to heal. In fact, the second book is called A Journey with Matthew, book two, in Living God Consciousness. And so right. that is a way of life then, not, not learning about it, but yeah. actually living it. Yeah. So now when he sees a child that is healing, ask permission but can do that uh he knows how to be there for people what to pay attention to yeah. and yet at the same time he's inv invited to spend time and study with the essenes so that's an ancient jewish sect with sacred teachings so you get to hear about his experience next and it is it's scheduled right now to come out this weekend, and I bet it's not going to be ready. I'm still doing, you know, we edit, 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 and mm -hmm. I'm on like my fourth edit where I have the whole manuscript, so it's not like I'm writing the book anymore, the whole manuscript, but you'll be reading through it, and then you find a sentence that says, and then the, the, uh, the, the. Yeah. so you have to you know, and send it back and have it corrected. So I'm going through it today or tomorrow, one more time, sending it back tomorrow. Then they're going to send me a copy of the book, read through it and see if there's right. anything else right. beyond the computer screen. So right. we're really close. really close. So maybe the week of uh, the 8th after the Super Bowl, huh? Probably, probably. I bet it's out by Valentine's Day. I've always found that the books kind of have a timeline of their own. Mm -hmm. I've always you know, told myself, okay, I'm putting it, you know, this is, what, this is my goal. And it has never, a book has never come out, but I thought I, it was gonna, so they, they must have their own, their own thing. <laughs> yeah, I have a feeling that's probably true. I know that when um, I wrote mine, I chose numerically, you know, because yes. sevens and elevens are my uh, particular numbers. And uh, so I have them with me all the time. And I thought, well, it needs to come out on a date that adds up to one of those two. So a year, a year ago in March, you know, it came out, um, you know, on a, a day that allowed for that to take place. 
Congratulations. So, so it's nice uh, to your book. book is going to be available on Amazon, the second book. Okay. And the first book is already there. And the Audible is there from the first book. The Audible is there on Amazon. Plus, two books that I wrote prior to this, Living Hope was my first book. Okay. And it is my story. And it is what steps to leaving suffering behind, which as we started this conversation, I said, I don't mm -hmm. hardly use that word at all. And it used mm -hmm. to be a big burden in my mm -hmm. written work. And then the second book is Unfolding the Mystery of Self, which is really about spiritual and mystical experiences. Um, the way that they used to happen, it, sometimes it was even visions. And it was so peculiar to me because I'd have a vision and I wouldn't know why I was seeing what I was seeing. Decades later, the answers come. So that's how it was for me. And some of them, one of them I knew, but the other two I didn't, that I, that I wrote about in this book. Let me ask you a so, question since, you know, you and I are, are very similar in, in a lot of different ways. Um, do you ever go to sleep, you know, like, okay, you're, you're in bed, the lights are out, and occasionally I literally will have a beam of light that is in the bedroom with me that is so, so bright. And so I open my eyes and of course it's gone, but I close my eyes and it's there. And um, it, it would be like if somebody turned on an overhead light and it doesn't stay for a long period of time, but it will stay for, you know, like maybe a minute, 45 seconds. It's just the most unusual um, experience. I'm going to use that word. Does that ever happen to you where there's this beam of light? Different, different than that for me. And not very often because I get visited by a lot of people who want to cross over to the light mm -hmm. and they're lost. And so, so I'll be laying in bed and I'll hear, hi, oh, oh <laughs> who's here? And it, it'd be like, I'm Rebecca. And then somebody else will be standing behind her. I'm Stephen and I want to go too. So I help them cross to the light. What you're talking about, though, have you talked to that? Have you talked to that light and ask them who they are? They I have see? not, but I, I always open my eyes because it seems so unreal. And like I said, the room's dark, but then as soon as I close my eyes, uh, the light is there. Yeah, that sounds like a divine visitation. And it would, if you could talk to them and tell me who you are. And um, maybe like, um, what do you, yeah, why did you come or, or what do you want me to know? What do you want me to know? That's a very good one. Yeah, I would do that. It sounds really lovely. Good for you. I'm glad you have that. <laughs> um, years ago, when my husband was actually, uh, he was living at the time and he was uh, in the hospital with this pericardial effusion. I had a pair of doves, they've never come back or no, no other dove has done this, but I had a pair of doves right outside the bedroom window. There was a downspout that kind of protected them on a ledge and they built a nest there. And so I actually watched them build the nest, lay their eggs, feed their babies, teach them how to fly all in a period of about 40 some odd days. And um, I later discovered, and because I didn't really know this at the time, but I later discovered that doves are always associated with Mary, you know, as her bird. So I do think there's some divine something that, that has been happening 
And uh, so I will, I'll take your advice and I'll say, you know, what do I need to know? You know, what is the message you bring? I think that we think of ourselves as separate from, as if this is really our world. This is my world, it's concrete. And I don't think it is at all. I think our ancestors often are hanging out here with us. Mm. Our guides are definitely here with us. Oh yeah, I have orbs around me like crazy right yeah. now. I, I, I love it. I took pictures the other day when I got home from doing a private counseling session and the moon was full and coming through the trees. And I thought, oh, I'm gonna just take my cell phone because it was such a pretty shot. And when I took the picture, you know, I could see them. I couldn't see them with my bare eyes, but I could see them through the phone camera. And uh -huh. it was two beautiful blue orbs that were side by side. So um, yeah, I've got orbs like crazy. I went to the Dolly Museum with my granddaughter uh, because um, uh, Van Gogh's exhibit is there. It's a virtual exhibit. And if it's traveling near you, don't miss it. It is fantastic. But um, I was in the gift area and there's a, uh, uh, like a fiber optic, huge giraffe and uh, Kaylee loves giraffes. So I had taken a picture of her with a giraffe and then I just took one without her in the picture. And here's this great big blue orb that is right up by the giraffe's head. And uh, so I, you know, just every place I turn, I take a picture and there's an orb. <laughs> so. I wonder if the blue orbs, if one of them is your husband. I don't know. I've been told that the blue orbs are affiliated with uh, Archangel Michael uh -huh. and uh, the green orbs are more nature sprites, but that they are all your guardian angels, you know, that they all come around to tell you, you know, like you're heading in the right direction or be confident with your next step or, you know, something. They're usually there to encourage. Lots of confirmation. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they lots do that in a lot of ways. Lots of that. Appreciate that. <laughs> Well, listen, I, uh, I love talking to you. It is such fun. And I wish you were a little closer. We'd have lunch or dinner or something. Wouldn't that uh, be nice? It will be. Uh, and maybe someday in the future, I'll head your direction or, you know, you'll head down here to Florida. But uh, tell everybody how they can reach you, both for Theta Healing uh, classes, if they so desire, or Theta Healing sessions. And remind them again about your book. Okay. So I want you to know my web page. And if you're seeing this, maybe you are seeing my name is, find the point, can't do it. Lynn Copper Murphy with a hyphen. And that is what'll take you to my webpage, www.lynncockermurphy.com. There's just no space between Lynn and Cockrum. So lynncockermurphy.com. The book that is out right now that you want to get an audio or a paperback is A Journey with Matthew, book one. Book two will be here by Valentine's Day. You're welcome to read any of my other older books too, uh, depending on what speaks to you. On my webpage, you will see um, services that I offer like Theta Healing, classes I offer, like um, I offer six different Theta Healing classes. And how to get onto my calendar, you wanna schedule yourself. See, did I cover everything? Um, what about the, uh, I don't know whether you still have it, but the uh, desertjewel.org, is that still? Or no? That'll take you there too. Lincockermurphy.com or desertjewel.org. Okay, both of them will yeah, do I don't that. use Desert Jewel as much just because people don't know that that's me. 
Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, then and I'm in Phoenix. I'm in Phoenix, Arizona. So if you want to take a class, this is where I teach. Okay. Although, if you put together a few people who want a class, I will travel to uh, some locations, and that's on my website. I would travel to um, California, Minnesota. It was one other place because I know people there, and I have you know I'll be comfortable have a place to stay besides a hotel. Oh well, then you could fly into Tampa, Florida, and I'll put you. I would love that, and I would love to do a class there. I did a class in Miami hmm. four years ago. Yeah, a couple of people wanted a class, and we did it in. Um, I got a suite at a hotel, so we used the suite section that was for that. Well, then if anybody's listening in the Tampa area and they decide they want to put a group together, you can stay with me. Cool. Yes, I would definitely do that. It's so fun to teach, to take people into that state, to show them how to stay there. The classes are three days. And what happens is by day three, they've got it. Mm-hmm. And what a great way, you know, as a gift to themselves to maybe let go of some of the uh, trauma maybe that has been in their lives uh, so that they live that healthier, happier, more peaceful existence. Everything can heal. When I talk about the suffering, that is, and this book, this book is all about that, mm-hmm. is the family that I was born into, when I was two and a half, our house burned down and my mother wasn't home and everybody died but me. Oh my gosh. So it was like such a rough start, such a rough start. Yes, it was. So healing from that has taken, oh, 50 years or so. And and then there, you know, there were other things, the dysfunctional family stuff, healing from that. But it's all possible. That's the matter. How hurt and how stuck with tools, with assistance Mm -hmm. and with perseverance on our own part. Right. Right. That's very true. Everything can change. Right. What a great note to end our talk on. So I know I'll have you back in probably four and a half, five months. And uh, in the meantime, um, you know, everybody um, share this podcast. If you're listening to it and you have a friend that you think maybe should have heard it too, you know, send them to the link for Spotify or iHeartRadio, Google uh, radio is another one and um, Apple iTunes. So it's on all four major platforms. Um, you can also find the shows at www.synergyconnectionradio.com. So it's every place. And I want to thank you again, Lynn, for being my guest. It was just a treat. Um, so everybody, <laughs> everybody go out there and make this your very best life. Join us next week. Bye-bye. Boomers Forever Young is really making a name for themselves as an exciting nutritional company with products that really work. People from all over the country are starting to take notice. Their whole person approach to health and wellness, combined with their unique array of powerful natural health products, are setting them apart from all the other companies in the nutrition industry. Their customers love the one-on-one free consultations and the results they experience. Sound a little too good to be true? Then go online to boomerboost.com today and sign up for a free consultation with a product specialist or just give us a call at 1-800-861-4609. Again, that's boomerboost.com or call 1-800-861-4609 to join the thousands already experiencing the benefits of Boomers Forever Young products.